2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, Proverbs 29, and verses 25. If you have it, say amen. If you can't see because the lights are out, we got it on the screen. Amen. The word of the Lord reads, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Proverbs 29 and 25 says, Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Father God, I thank you now for your presence. I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your anointing that makes preaching easy. Have your way in this place, and I give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. There is a portion of our brain called the amygdala that controls anxiety. It controls fear. Um, and during times of extreme um, fear, the body produces a chemical that causes um, the body to respond. And it responds with an intense and acute stress response. What basically happens when someone is afraid or when fear sets up on somebody, adrenaline flows into the bloodstream and it sends the body to the highest level of alert to fight or to flee. On Tuesday night when I read this explanation um, of fear, um, I just struck out running. And half the church was getting ready to go with me. Those was getting, I mean, literally, everybody was like, wait, 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 where are you going? And what happens in that exact moment, it was an example that in that exact moment, adrenaline pumped into the bloodstream. And although you didn't know what to be afraid of, you became afraid. And you were ready to either run or fight because of fear. Um, this this, this, this um, adrenaline that's in the bloodstream can often cause health issues. It can cause palpitations of the heart. It can elevate one's blood pressure. And these are physical example, examples of, a, of fear and its effects, but there are some mental and spiritual causes of fear that, that, it, that for many of us, it imprisons us in the mundane existence that the enemy would love for us to continue to live in. In other words, some of us have allowed fear to keep us in prison. And you're stuck where you are because you are afraid to go any further. Now, many of you that are sitting here looking at me and listening to me, um, you say, well, I'm not a scary person. I'm not afraid of much. But in some degree, in some way, every person under the sound of my voice uh, experiences some fear of failure. Come on, let's be honest. Nobody wants to fail. Nobody, nobody, nobody. If I had a success line and a failure line, my success line would be out the door. My failure line wouldn't have anybody in it because nobody wants to fail. It is not fear itself that defeats us. It's our response to that fear. We cannot allow it to be a deterrent, but we have to use it as a motivator. Uh, Benjamin Franklin says something real interesting. He says, I didn't fail the test. I just found a hundred ways to do it wrong. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another one that says life's real failure is when we do not realize how close you were to success when you gave up. Uh, yeah, my imperfections and failures are as much a blessing from God as my successes and my talents. And I lay them both at Jesus' feet. That's Mahatma Gandhi. Matthew 25 and 24 says that there's a servant. It tells the story of a servant that came with a bag of silver. I I'll read it for you. It says, then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master... I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops that you didn't plant and gathering crops that you didn't cultivate. I was afraid that I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. Verse 25 and 28 of Matthew says, then he ordered, the master ordered, take the money from this fool. And give the money to the man that got the ten bags of silver. If you read the verse, it says, you are lazy and wicked. It's interesting here now. Now, now the master gives these men some money. Tells them to do business. It says, occupy until I come. In other words, do business with this until I return. The master returns back. Uh, the one with the ten gave him uh, profit back. The one with the five gave him profit back. The one with the one gives this excuse. He says, you, 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 uh, you're a harsh man. You don't play around with your money. Uh, so what I did was I was scared. And I buried it. Did nothing with it. And the master says, you are lazy and wicked for being fearful to move forward. Lazy and wicked because you are fearful. When we allow fear to prevent us from trying, we exempt ourselves from victory and put our potential in a coma. If you don't try it, you won't experience the victory from it. And you will never know if it would have worked. Because you're afraid to fail. What idea, what, what venture, what thing that God has placed in your life that you don't know if it'll work or not because you've never tried? Look at your neighbor and say, how do you know it won't work? You don't because you haven't tried it. You didn't do it. You made excuses. And because of your excuses, um, they used to say this little thing in college, excuses are the useless tools of the incompetent. They do nothing but build more mountains of incompetency. And if you were a Greek organization or you pledged something, you said, and uh, whatever your fraternity or organization was, it says they make no excuses. That's why they're uh, number one from coast to coast to coast. Yours was different, young Deltas. I, I hear you over there. Why are you making excuses? Do it. 
Well, Pastor, how do I overcome the fear of failure? Because the truth of the matter is, like I said earlier, I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. Point one, this is I came to encourage you. You ready? Point one, you will fail. Point one, I hope you're encouraged. You will fail. James 3 and 2 says, indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Allow yourself to feel the disappointment of failure, but not the disapproval of it. It's, it, let me tell you something. I don't care how great you are, intelligent you are, smart you are, how much money you got, how much education you will fail. Uh, Pastor, that ain't a good message on Mother's Day. Brought my mama to church and you talking about they gonna fail. Yeah, you will. You can never take failure personally. Failure is like a textbook. You may hate it, but you got to learn from it. And the more you learn from it, the faster you get past it. Oh, yeah, yeah. The f- use failure as a benchmark for thinking big. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Romans 5 and 3 says, And not only that, we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope you are going to have to use failure as the movement to success y'all don't hear me I don't care if you're standing on the mountaintop in order to get to a higher mountain you got to go through a lower valley but it's the trip through the valley that gets you to the next mountain. Oh, y'all. Y'all will find me after a while. Failure is an event, not a person. You are not a failure. What you may have attempted failed, but it failed for the purpose of you learning. It's two things you learn from anything. You turn what to do, and what not to do. Failure teaches you what not to do and what to do next time. Oh, y'all, I wish I could tell you turn your neighbor and say thank God for failure, but some of y'all are scared of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Failure teaches you how to succeed. Yeah, success gives you character. But failure tests tests your character. Failure tells you what you're made of. Do you break down? Do you are you mad at everybody? Do you are you ready to fight at the moment's notice? Failure teaches you about you. Number one, you will fail. Number two, you will overcome. Proverbs 24 and 16 says, For a righteous man may fall seven times, but rise 
again. You got to understand it doesn't matter what happens to you. What it matters what happens in you. Look here, look here. I don't care what you've been going through. I don't care the down times in your life. I don't care what kind of struggles and issues that you're having right now. It's not the thing that's to you. It's the thing that's you. Is it building something in you? Oh, y'all. You wouldn't know how to pray unless hell broke out in your house. You wouldn't know how to get a prayer through until you had to get a prayer through. Y'all don't understand. When they said get a prayer through, they meant if you got to pray in such a way that it breaks everything that's covering you up. That it pierces through everything that's holding you down. That's what it meant when they said get a prayer through. But without the pressure, you don't know what it means to pierce Look at your neighbor and say, quitting is not an option. The scripture says, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap a harvest. If faint not. You can't lay down and give up because it's going bad. Yeah, it didn't work this time. Look at somebody and say, this time. I don't know who I'm prophesying to right now, but I'm telling somebody they need to go again. It didn't work last time, but baby, try it again. They turned you down the first time, but baby, go again. They told you they wasn't hiring, but apply again. They told you it wasn't nothing available, but go back and do it again. Oh, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You shall reap a harvest if you faint. I don't know. Encourage about four people and say you will overcome. Failure teaches you something. And then you overcome. Oh, yeah. And then after you get through it, you got to tell somebody about it. Because the Bible says they overcame by the testimony. And the blood of the lamb. You, you got to tell somebody, yeah, I did this and it didn't work. I fell miserably at this. I'm about to change my paradigm on that, though. I don't fail miserably. I fail happily. Because I failed at this, I know what to do now. Before anybody in here happily married. Happily married. Okay, put your hands down. Think about how many scrubs you had to go through to get to the right one. You had to fail at relationships for this one you in to work. But because when this one gets bad, you start thinking about how you messed up on the last ones. And then you say, well, you know, that is a part of me. I am like that. I need to fix that so I'll be all right in this. You don't become good at nothing until you fail at it. A marriage, you don't make good cakes until you mess one up. Because the next time you know, keep everybody out my kitchen. Because this oven ain't stable. And if you jump too much in my kitchen, my cake gonna fall. 
you know I know I don't need to put that much baking soda or baking powder in my my cake because that's too much because it didn't you didn't cook right it's kind of gummy in the middle I took it out of the oven you mess it up so you learn how to do it and see what happens saints is we get so caught up in everybody praising us about how good we are and we never tell the story how bad it was before it got good We won't talk about how it is to drive a Mercedes, but we won't talk about how it was to catch the bus. What walking felt like. Oh my, y'all don't want it with me. Number one, you will fail. Number two, you will overcome. And number three, faith does work. Hebrews 11 and 6 to 8 clause says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. I got to tell you, you can't play it safe and please God. I'm just sorry. I know that y'all want to just be saved and leave here and go to heaven, but I guarantee you, you can't play it safe and please God. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you, so there's a company called Smith Corona. Smith Corona um, was having some problems. The economy was topsy-turvy, and they uh, organized two teams, and they told the teams that what you need to do is you need to, your uh, job is to find out what's best suited for our company. How can we weather this financial storm? So team number one came up with the suggestion, downsize, and move all operations to Mexico because the, the, the labor is cheaper, and it will be easy on us tax-wise and other ways, and we can downsize the company and we will be a success. Right. Team two says, let's branch out into computing. Yeah. Let's change from being a typewriter company to a computer company. And the leadership at Smith Corona fired the team two because they felt like they were throwing away money instead of saving them money. And right now, most of you didn't even know who Smith Corona is. Because if they had been adventurous and went with the team who was being, had, was being innovative, then they would have been the next Apple. They would have been Hewlett Packard. They would have been Dale. But now, they're old typewriter company that defunct that nobody else uses typewriters anymore because they were afraid to fail. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But I, I, I'm just saying because I can just say. You need to fire people who not failing around you. If the folk that you run with are not failing at something, you need to fire them off your squad. If the people that's working for you are not failing at something, you need to fire them. Why, why are you saying that, Pastor? Why, why, why? People who are not willing to fail are not willing to be innovative. If you're too afraid to step out and try it, we'll never have nothing. We'll be stuck where we are. I got to have some people with some... That's not afraid to step. Come on now. Come on now. That's not afraid. Successful people believe that failure is the beacon of success. 
Yeah, that was a, that was a man who would work for a very prestigious company. And he made, a, uh, he made a bold move, and it cost the company $10 million. He wrote up a very nice resignation and went to the president of the company to tender his resignation. And when he gave his resignation to the president, the president said, you must be kidding me. He said, and the man says, what do you mean, sir? I just lost the company $10 million. I know y'all, I want to resign before y'all fire me. He said, fire you? We're giving you a promotion. Because you've learned something from that $10 million mistake. And because you've learned something, we're going to promote you. And the same man was the man who made all the innovative ideas for that company and made the company a zillionaire. Because he was willing to try. Do something. The greatest miracles require the greatest risk. Why do you think the Holy Ghost don't show up until things are at the ninth hour? Y'all haven't figured that out yet? You've been praying ever since the house was behind the month. But the Lord don't change no hearts until it's about to go into foreclosure. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Why is that? Why is that? Because God wants you right on the line. Where it's like, God, I'm out here. It's just me and you. If I fall, I'm going to fall. And it's on you. If I stand, I'm going to stand. And it's on you. That's God. No, y'all, 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 y'all scared. I hear, I hear it in you. I hear it in you. God has an affinity for water walkers. People who go out on a limb and take him with him. God did not call you to live riskless lives. Now, hear me correctly. I'm not telling you to go out and do stupid stuff. I'm not telling you to go and gamble your house note. Not reckless. Thank you, Philip. Riskless. Riskless means, God, I'm stepping out on you because I feel you lead me this way. I don't see the outcome. As a matter of fact, the outcome looks bleak. But I'm trusting you, and because I'm trusting you, I'm becoming a water walker. I got to step out. On nothing until something come up under my feet. God Almighty, I say that again. I got to step out on nothing until something comes up under my feet. Because what I'm saying is that God, I'm stepping down and you got to be there to catch me. Because if I fall, I'm falling in you. If I stand, I'm standing in you. I got to look at somebody and say you got to be a water walker. It's in your weakness that God is made strong. It's your failures that God uses to forge victories. What are you waiting on? That idea, that invention, that move, that deal, 
that real estate situation. School. What are you waiting on? If it's a fear of failure, you're going to fail anyway. Why not fail at that? I'd rather fail at doing than fail at trying. What are you waiting on? Fear of failure is failure to trust. Failure is inevitable. That's why I made it the first point. It's inevitable. You're going to mess something up. But it's just like a puzzle. When you don't put the puzzle together correctly, you still got the pieces. And all you got to do now, that didn't work, move the pieces around until you find what fits. And it only may be half the picture. So you keep searching for pieces because although it's half the picture, something is still out of sort. And when the picture comes together, all the edges are neat and squared off. There's no more bumps in the road. But if you stop putting the puzzle together, you just have a box full of pieces and no picture. Stop living your lives on a blank screen. Quad, it's just having like having a sports package on your TV and complain about you can't see no sports. Jimmy, it's like getting out of church before the game come on, but don't leave. What's the purpose of us getting out at 1 o'clock the game started at 1.30 and we don't leave at 3.45? You got to make the move. Your greatest fear is failure. But your greatest pain will be regret. Everybody standing.